save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me, as always, is Alan. Greetings. And Fred. Good evening, all. And uh, we're watching a little bit of the Braves game right now in Colorado of one to nothing on Thursday night. Again, we usually record this on Thursday. Um, but coming off a rough series against the Los Angeles Dodgers, where the Braves lost all three games, but all three were close games if you want to try to look at it in a positive outcome, but dropped all of those. Now their lead is down to just two games in the division uh, as things stand at this moment. But we're coming up on the month of September, so a lot uh, can happen, obviously, over this last month here. The Braves still in first place, still got a, at least a couple game cushion there, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but that schedule does get a little bit easier in the month of September. Um, so we'll talk about that as well, see if the Braves can finish this off. A couple of injury items as well uh, to talk about. But I did want to jump right into that Dodgers series. Um, Alan, I know it was a late-night series, so uh, trying to watch these games with one eye open. Um, but, <laughs> it's that many. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, honestly, uh, I think you have to try to at least be a little bit positive in the fact that the Dodgers lineup and roster is just unfair. We talked about it after the trade deadline. I mean, you're already on paper one of the best teams in baseball, the defending World Series champions, and you bring in Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, uh, and we know what Trey Turner does to the Braves and continue to do so in that series. And the Braves had to run through Julio Rios, who we saw what he did to us in the postseason last year, uh, just dominates the Braves. And had to run into Walker Bueller, who's probably top three in the NL Cy Young race right now. And then Max Scherzer, who is a Hall of Fame pitcher. So not only did the Braves have to face the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium, where they can't win ball games, they had to face their three best pitchers right now. Um, but again, trying to look at the right side here, they were all really close games. Even the first game when they fell behind five to nothing, they came back and made that a game late. They were went leading two of these games in the seventh inning or later, just not able to come through with a victory there against what I think is the best team in all of baseball, Alan. Yeah, well, several takeaways I had. Number one is that the Dodgers are probably still the class of the National League. There's there's not much doubt about that. Uh, second is that uh, when you play them at home, you're in for it, really. Um, now, 
don't forget the Braves did beat the Dodgers two out of three at Atlanta, but uh, the Dodgers usually win two out of three. Uh, you're, they're 46 and 23 at home when when they are in, in Dodger Stadium. So the fact that the Braves got swept is not surprising as far as that goes. Second, uh, third thing is, yeah, they were in a couple of these games and probably could have certainly won a couple of those games. So I, I take some heart into that. Max Freed and Charlie Morton pretty much shut down the Dodger offense, which is hard to do. Again, like you said, they, they had leads late in those games, and that was because of starting pitching. If it were the playoffs, then I would think those guys probably would have gone an extra inning at least additional to what they did uh, this week. So i I got to think that they're okay as far as that goes. Yes, it would have been nice to have gotten at least one of those uh, Ws there because uh, right now uh, it's it's down to a game-and-a-half lead over the Phillies who finally figured out how to beat bad teams. But you, you, you can't uh, just hang your head on uh, having lost to the Dodgers like this because, I mean, they're, they're still doing all right. Two out of three against the Giants uh, so far. They got to face them again still in, in San Francisco, but uh, going over three against the Dodgers, not bad. The thing that they're going to have to be watched, though, is what happens against the Rockies because at home, the Rockies are every bit as good as the Dodgers, which is crazy to think about, but they've actually got a better record at home than anybody else in baseball. And if, if you, if they were to play all of their games in Denver, uh, and and have the same success rate, they would have the best record in baseball. So the Braves certainly can't take those guys lightly, and, and that's going to be something to watch this weekend. Yeah, definitely think that's going to be a tough series over the weekend, but after getting swept, one that they really need to win, um, four-game series are tough uh, to win, especially on the road. Like you said, Rocky's a good team at home, but Fred, jumping back into that Dodgers series, I mean, it, it's so close. Like I talked about, the Braves had – Two leads late in that game, um, and weren't able to pull it through. Maybe some questionable bullpen decisions, especially on the Wednesday night game. Also, just some horrific umpiring behind the plate as well. But your thoughts on that that Dodgers series? Okay, well, what, the thing about the Dodgers series that people need to remember is the Dodgers are, as you said, they're they're stacked from top to bottom. When you're NL MVP. He's hitting 187. He said, yeah, I can leave him in there because uh, I'll need him later. And you you have players on the bench who are starters on every other team in the league. You have the luxury of saying, well, if I lose one tonight, I took two out of three, and that's still okay. And everybody top to bottom in that lineup hits. They hit. They're not sluggers as such. They hit. And that's one thing that all the Braves – players do not do is hit without using the home run, uh, for example. And, you know, it's it's just hard to do that. Uh, the pitching thing last night, okay, look, I, I was on Twitter and somebody said, well, why did he do that? And I said, well, he did that because of the matchup. Now, I never said that I liked the matchup, but the truth was he said in his interview that, that uh, he thought Matzik was gassed, uh, and I will tell people that because you throw hard, you're still in great shape. It just means you can still throw hard. It's about location. He said he thought Matt Seku threw 25 pitches uh, the night before, or last night and 17 the night before was done, and he thought that Martin 
uh, Martin's, he was, uh, Turner's over six against Martin. And he thought, well, uh, this is a good matchup for me. I can get Matzik out there and, uh, I can get out of this inning. It didn't work. And, and that happens. But the Braves were in this game. They could have won this game. They had runners on base and didn't bring them home. And when you do that, you get beat. And when the Dodgers put people on base, guess what? They got hits. It was the bullpen. Okay. The bullpen, somebody wrote the bullpen got torched. Really? Two runs? No. <laughs> no, the bullpen didn't get torched. The bullpen got beaten by good hitters. Okay. The, maybe the pitches were bad. Maybe they were located badly, but that happens. Good hitters are going to hit. And when you put hit players who have been world champions and who have been division champions eight years in a row out there, they're going to hit. And that's what they did against us. And we, we, we lost by a total of four runs across those games. <laughs> and, uh, I think most of us would have taken a four run total run differential across the series because we would have thought we'd have pulled one out. Um, all, all the runs that Braves scored last night came from what? Home run? Uh, you know, it's, it's just, you just can't do that. You just can't score all your runs from home runs and beat a team. Uh, like the Dodgers, who's going to, who's going to shut you down. They had both their, both of their relievers, their closers were out of the game last night. What did they do? They brought in Kelly and Kelly shut the door. The Braves are still a 50, 54% of their runs come from home runs. 54%. The Dodgers are 47%, which means they're more likely to buy, to, to create a run than the Braves. They're more likely to take advantage of free base runners, which our bullpen did both nights and extra outs, which we did both nights. Good teams win like that. The Braves haven't been doing that this year. They did it 2019, but they haven't been doing that this year. And we just, we just lack, lack hitters in places where we need hitters. You know, I, I know Solaire's hit well since they came over, but he's not a good hit. He's not a good hitter hitter. He's a slugger who hits a little bit. But, you know, a guy like Turner who gives you a 10-pitch at bat every time and puts the bat on the ball, he's going to hit. And we don't have any of those guys. Yeah, it's really been my complaint issue with this offense for really years now is the fact that they are so dependent on the home run. And that can get you through a regular season. We've seen it, and the Braves do it that way. But it really becomes an issue in the postseason when you run up against teams like the Dodgers who are going to throw out, you know, Arias, Mueller, Scherzer, you know, pitchers like that. And, you know, we've seen it time after time that become a problem. And you look at this series in general, the offense was over eight with runners in scoring position, which, first of all, it's just crazy. You don't have a hit with runners in scoring position in an entire three-game series. But also, they only had eight chances with runners in scoring position, which just tells you, you know, they weren't getting many runners on base. They weren't getting a lot of opportunities. Again, they're going up against some of the best starting pitchers in the game. I wanted to, to push back a little bit, though, on the bullpen thing. Uh, and I get it. The bullpen didn't get thrashed in the series. They only gave up two runs or, or whatever it was, or a couple of runs on uh, on Wednesday night. The, the bullpen didn't get thrashed. But here's my problem, and this is what, you know, I wrote up on Thursday is I just don't have any confidence in any of these guys. And these are the type of games you have to win in the postseason type of games you have to win against good teams. And the Braves just don't have that bullpen. It's why I don't really feel confident at all about this team 
if they get into a postseason series because I don't trust any of those guys to shut down a close one-run game against a really good team in the postseason. And I don't blame this on Snicker. He's playing the hand he was dealt. And now maybe he could play that hand a little bit better here and there, but I mean, who, who do you trust right now? I don't, I don't trust Will Smith because of the home run ball. You know, he's prone to give up one of those a game just about. I don't trust Chris Martin at all. Of course, now he's on the, the IL. Uh, I mean, I maybe trust Richard Rodriguez, but I mean, he has a low K for nine, not exactly somebody that's going to dominate in a high pressured situation like that. Uh, Tyler Matzik has been really good for, a while he obviously had some hiccups in the Dodgers series I mean there's Luke Jackson he's probably been the most consistent reliever all year I, I still just from past experiences don't really trust him I mean Alan there's just nobody in this bullpen that I trust to win close games like this and that really concerns me for the Braves you know going forward and if they get into the postseason yeah I, I thought that uh, Matzik was uh, qualifying for maybe most, most valuable bullpen guy in a thing I wrote last week. But, I mean, even he has uh, shown a little weakness here and there. And uh, obviously last night he was pulled out in a situation where he could have maybe possibly <laughs> helped end an inning. But uh, that tells you that uh, Snicker didn't have confidence to roll with him, even if he was tired. So, uh, at the same time, yeah, you can't overuse those guys, so it, it's it's hard to to judge a lot of this. I mean, if, if you take them as a group, they're okay, but I mean, you always have run the risk of somebody going out there and having a bad night. And I don't know if that was the case here, but I mean, frankly, when you got a series like a, this one against the Dodgers, you need to be up for it. You need to be ready for it, one way or another, and that goes to the the hitters as well as the pitchers but uh when you have the table set for you like uh freed and and morton did and to a lesser extent even smiley although you know obviously he didn't get too deep in the game but uh, uh when you got those horses out there and and they set the table for you you need to finish it off and that uh goes again for the offense it goes for the the bullpen and you're right i don't know that we've got that kind of a, a bullpen but then again i'm looking around the league and like who does uh milwaukee does the dodgers do to a great extent uh but even they're not infallible it, it seems like there is a dearth of really quality bullpen pitching uh around baseball right now been uh, we're this is something we've been spoiled at in the past we've had some really good bullpens but not right now yeah, I mean, you ask who has the best bullpens. It's some of the best teams in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Giants, the Padres, the Dodgers. You know, they have the top four bullpen ERAs in all of baseball. Even the Yankees are fifth, and they've had their own share of struggles this year. But, uh, again, I just – it's been an issue all year. I mean, everybody knows that. We've talked about it at nauseum here, just the fact this bullpen, I mean, just has been terrible. And you look at where they this team could be, you know, with a better bullpen. And again, the ERAs aren't, you know, just astronomically high for a lot of these guys. It's just, I, I don't know if it's a mentality thing at this point. There just doesn't seem to be much confidence in this group when they come in with a one-run one, one run lead, which unfortunately is what they've been handed a lot this year. 
you know, we go into the bottom of the seventh up one against the Dodgers, and I'm thinking there's no way this bullpen pitches three more innings without giving up a run to this team. And, and it is, you know, it is a lot because of the Dodgers. You have to give them credit because they're a team that they're going to take their walks, and you give them a walk and open a door, and they're going to take advantage. And it just seems like all a lot of these relievers, other than maybe Rodriguez and you know Martin at times, is not going to walk anybody. But those guys also aren't big strikeout guys either. So it's just really tough, Fred, to, to trust any of these. Guys coming out of the bullpen, there's really nothing Snicker can do about it. Again, I think it's just the hand he's dealt, but it's been a major problem all year. I think it will continue to be so. I know we had a, you know, kind of a glimmer of hope with this bullpen when after the all-star break, you know, they actually were pitching well, but again, I just think in big situations against big teams, I don't trust this bullpen group to go three innings without giving up a run. Well, I don't want, the thing about this is, Will Smith has no confidence in his pitches. Uh, and when you say, well, let's put Rodriguez out there, let's remember this. Rodriguez had a ball last night that was hit about five feet short of being over the center field fence, and he's had a couple of three of those. Yes, he keeps them in the ballpark most of the time, and he doesn't. He, he's not a strikeout guy. He pitches to contact. Those guys, that's the Mark Melanson kind of thing, pitch to contact, pitch to contact, but Melanson's got a better ground ball rate. <laughs> you you have to put the ball on the ground. Maybe it's Matzek, except that, you know, he had a little case of the yips earlier. Uh, he couldn't throw strikes, and he came in, and first time he had night four last, he, uh, he walked a guy, put a man on base, and that guy scored. And... That's, that's, you know, he's doing exactly what Luke Jackson's doing. You know, Luke has been one of the good ones this year. Matzek's been one of the good ones this year. But I don't trust any of them in the ninth inning. There's not a one of them that I'd run out there in the ninth inning and say, okay, uh, we can put this one to bed. Because you watch Smith. I watched Smith the other night in the game that, that uh, where uh, Peterson or the day in the game Peterson saved him with that catch in right field. He went, he threw that fastball. I told my wife he was going to throw that fastball. I said, because he's thrown that slider, he got the foul ball, and the other two, the, the batter spit on the other two, and has, he's going to come with that fastball, and he's going to give up a home run. And the pitch was a fastball, and he would have, would have given up extra bases had Peterson not saved him. Smith has no confidence. He doesn't have an out pitch. If his slider isn't working, you can't trust Martin now. Uh, you, Luke, Push comes shove. You can shove. You can shove Jackson or Matzik out there, and you got pretty much the same kind of pitcher. Matzik's throwing about 99 from the left side, and he's got his slider. His slider made Mookie Betts look really bad. And when Luke's throwing, he's throwing 96, 97. But his out pitches the slider, and when he's out, when his slider's working, he makes hitters look really bad. When it hangs, it goes a long way, and and that's the problem with slider pitchers for closers. We just don't have that guy, and that's Alex's fault. He should have got him in the postseason. He tried to get him, tried to get him at the at the deadline, and didn't didn't complete the deal. I don't know who he was after, but he didn't complete the deal, and as a result, here's where we are. Now, if you get into the postseason, you don't need all the starters. Maybe you've got a starter that you can shove out there who did just tell him just uh, just get out there and throw hard and throw strikes and hope it goes over the plate. You know. 
but I just don't, that's the big hole in the team is the ninth inning guy. We can get through the sixth and seventh and eighth. I, I really think you can get through those. Okay, you're going to give a run here, a run here. The lineup's got to give you some help. But in the ninth inning, when, when Smith's on the mound, I just, you know, I, I reach for my crown royal because I'm, I'm sure it's going to be trouble. Yeah, and I guess that's really just my frustration. You, you say, you know, you can get through the sixth, seventh, and the eighth. You know, they may give up a run or two, and that's kind of my my thing here is that the offense has to, you know, once the bullpen comes into play, the offense has to make sure they keep their lead at least, you know, two or three runs, multiple runs, to give the bullpen a chance. Because like you said, you know, they're probably going to give up a run or two. And that's just that, that's just tough as a as a fan um, to to think about to know you know you got to give your bullpen a little bit of cushion because they can't hold on to a, a one run lead. They're m- m- more often than not going to allow a run over the course of three or four innings. And for me, I, I think it's a mentality thing. I think you know they've gotten to this point in the season, and it's everybody knows it. Everybody knows this bullpen has its issues, and I think it's kind of gotten into their heads a little bit, and none of them have that confidence right now. It's it's really why I wanted AA to just revamp the bullpen at the deadline to just get new faces in there, new attitudes, new confidence, really to just shake it up because there just seemed to be a dark cloud hanging over that bullpen. And, you know, brought in Rodriguez, that was solid, but you know, I think he knows and, and has even said as much that there was another move out there to be made. I think there was probably at least two more moves out there that needed to be made for that bullpen. But again, as you said, Fred, here we are. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it at this point. You just have to hope those guys start to perform a little bit better. Maybe you get some help from some young guys getting moved to the bullpen. Uh, like you said, maybe some of the starters, if they get to a postseason, get moved to high leverage roles in the bullpen. But I mean, he did a great job revamping the outfield, deserves a ton of credit for that. But this bullpen just hasn't been fixed all year, and it's a really big reason why the Braves, you know, aren't don't have more of a lead in the division. I mean, again, it's just if they lose the division this year or miss out on the postseason, it's going to be really hard to look back and just see how many games this bullpen has lost for this team. If I could just one thing, everybody's bullpen has this issue. Everybody has an issue getting to the ninth inning without giving up a run. The pitchers in the bullpen across the league, they're there because they're not good enough to be starters and, or they're failed starters or they don't have the stuff to be starters or they've never been, never been anything but a reliever. But every team in the league, every team was looking for bullpen help at the deadline. Every team has the problem of getting to that ninth inning guy if they're lucky enough to have that ninth inning guy. The Yankees had the problem. The Astros had the problem. They went and got Graverman for Toro, who's now beating them to death out there uh, and making Jerry DePoto look like a, a, a brain surgeon. Uh, the, the athletics went after bullpen help. The only team I get, well, even the, even Milwaukee, they went out and grabbed some bullpen help. Um, so it's not like there was just a bunch of them laying out there. He'd go out and say, well, come here. We'll just trade you this guy for that guy. They just weren't, there weren't any quality people around. He probably got the best one around, and he, he's acted like he came up just short of making a deal for another one. But there's no Craig Kimbrell laying out there that, or Mariano Rivera laying out there that's going to fix everything for everybody. The lineup has to step up. And if the lineup steps up and scores three or four runs a game then you're then and gives you a couple of runs going to the ninth inning, you got a chance. Otherwise, yeah, you're fighting it. Yeah, definitely definitely agree with all all of that there. It's uh, 
if the Braves are going to do anything in September in the postseason, it's going to be that home run, getting the, the home run ball, because that's basically what this lineup has. And it's fun, and it's fun to see just up and down. you got guys that can take you deep. Um, but I just I don't trust that bullpen at all in a high-leverage situation with a one-run lead. Let's try to move forward, talk about the rest of September, talk about the schedule, hopefully some more uh, positive things to look forward to. Brave starting a four-game set with the Rockies this weekend that we touched on earlier. Rockies play really great in Coors Field, so that's going to be a tough series. But again, like I said earlier, after getting swept by the Dodgers, it's one they really need to win. And Tukey getting two two double plays in the first two innings of this game against the Rockies. That is certainly nice to see. We take this. And, yeah, we'll take that all day. Uh, and then they face the Nationals, who are just horrendous and just got absolutely embarrassed by the Phillies. Blew a 6 nothing lead on Thursday. I mean, that's becoming a, a must-sweep series at this point. And then you got the Marlins, who always are a tough team, going to play you tough, but a series that you really need to win. And then you get the Rockies at home, and again, another series that you need to win or at least sweep. And then they get the Giants, who I think are starting to come down to earth a little bit here late in the season. They just got jumped by the Dodgers thanks to us because we beat the Giants, and then we let the Dodgers beat us. So you're welcome, San Francisco fans. But I think the Giants are are starting to come down a little bit. So to me, that's a series that I think the Braves can win. Um, it will be, you know, on the road again. It'll be another West Coast trip, so that'll be kind of tough. The Giants also very good at home. Then four with the Diamondbacks, a series that you have to win or possibly sweep. And then you get four with the Padres because of that makeup game. Again, the Padres are kind of reeling as well. So, you know, I consider that a bit of a, a favorable matchup. But again, it's another West Coast game. And then they end with the Phillies. And the Mets. So, Alan, I mean, it's really kind of, it's not a bad schedule the rest of the way now when you look at it. I think some of these series like the Giants and Padres that we thought might be really difficult are somewhat looking like maybe not favorable matchups, but matchups that if the Braves won, you certainly wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm actually concerned still a little bit and it's not so much the brave schedule it's the philly schedule uh obviously the the margin has been closed in the last couple of days here because the phillies figured out how to beat some teams they've got a, another week against some uh interesting opponents uh the marlins and then the brewers on the road uh after they finished well they they got lucky and and came back from a six nothing deficit against those uh nationals again so that that one hurt us but uh the the marlins and the brewers will be a bit of a test for them cuz this is a team that seems in the phillies that seems to be playing up to the level of their competition to a great extent but after that after those clubs then they go back home with the rockies and the cubs then they go see the mets then they're back home again, Orioles and the Pirates. Orioles and the Pirates for the next last week of the season before they finish up uh, September with the Braves. And then finally uh, the uh, first week in October against the Marlins. So they've got a fairly easy road to hoe. Now if they 
they take advantage of it. I think it's going to come down to that last series uh, against the Braves in Atlanta on September 28th, 29th, and 30th. I do think that the Braves still hang on, uh, but it's going to be a bit of a challenge because the, the Braves got to hang on in their West Coast trips here. They, they have, uh, until this week, they haven't, hadn't been, uh, west of the Mississippi, or at least not west of the St. Louis Arch, hardly, uh, until this series. So they're, they're getting all their California, uh, treatments in, in, in one couple of week period here. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a little bit difficult for travel, but they should be fairly well rested. They got enough days off. They, they need to just prep for it and, and go for it. And that's going to start right here in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, if the, if the Braves are going to win this division, they're going to have to earn it, especially now after getting swept by the Dodgers and that lead dwindling down to two games, because, you know, we all know the Phillies have a really easy schedule the rest of the way. They're going to win games. It's, the Braves are going to have to keep up and they're going to have to, you know, stay right in step with them. But Fred, I still feel like the schedule at least gives them that opportunity. It is, you know, obviously harder than what the Phillies have to face, but I mean, everything's right in front of the Braves. If they take care of business and do what they need to do, uh, they'll be fine, but they are going to have to earn it in September. Yeah. I didn't see how the Phillies came back today, but look, they're missing Reese Hoskins. Uh, Real Muto is not healthy. Wheeler's still pitching. Wheeler's still Wheeler, but Nola's, yeah, now and then. I think the Phillies are beatable because their pitching, their pitching's just not great. And, and I think that, that's the problem. They, they're going to have to bash their way past all these teams. And if they go through a stretch where, uh, if, if God forbid Harper, uh, strains a muscle and can't swing and bat, or he gets into, goes into a slump, which I don't think so. He's, he looks like he's locked in right now. But if, if Harper doesn't carry him or other teams start saying, hey, look, there's nobody behind Harper. Let's pitch around him. I don't care if the base is loaded. Let's pitch around him. If they do that, uh, if they don't, if they don't continue to bash, I think they're going to, they're going to struggle. We have to win though. It, you know, you go back and you look at over the, over the last four or five times the Braves have got to the postseason, the majority, though the Braves did their thing, but the rest of the division was collapsing all over itself. You can go back to 2011, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2018, 2019. The division uh, struggled all over itself. Uh, the Nationals righted the ship there in the second half. But for most of that time, the division was eating eating each other, and the Braves were just playing along and doing their thing. They have to do that thing this year. They have to beat the teams they need to beat. They've got to beat the Rockies. they got to take... Preferably three, preferably four. Well, if they can get three in Colorado, yay. Uh, then they've got to go back home and and or, and uh, they got to do, take care of the business with the Padres. They got to go back home and they got to beat these guys again. Uh, to your point about the about the Giants, yeah, the Giants were doing a lot of this with Balin wire and bubble gum. They had a bunch of old players that were carrying the team, and uh, you know, their pitching's kind of been not as good. Gossman's turning back into a pumpkin. Cueto's hurt. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, you, they don't, we don't know who, who's in their bullpen really by name or who the, who's going to start from them. So I think they're in trouble, but I think their record's good enough. They're going to hang on and get in postseason. Uh, but yeah, I think we can come through. We can take the series. If we take the series going down the line, we'll be fine. If we win the series, we'll be fine. We'll get there. What we do after we get there is another story, but we're going to have to, if you can get in it, you can win it. And, and I think we need to, we need to take win series. Don't worry about the Padres till you've beaten the Rockies. Don't worry about 
getting home and, and taking that seriously. You beat, get back at the pod race, win the series, um, and, and get home. And, and, and when you come to the Phillies at the end of the year, kick their butt. Yep. No, absolutely. Like I said, I, I think the path is laid out for them. Um, and I think they're good enough to win these games as much as I talked about, you know, the weaknesses of the bullpen, which I do believe is, is a big weakness. I still think uh, this team is good enough to win the games on their schedule the rest of the way. I mean, there's, they just played the hardest team in all of baseball and was right there with them, you know, every step of the way, had a chance to win two of those three games. So, I mean, I think they have the ability to beat anybody, you know, on their schedule and win all those series. They just have to get it done. Um, they have to take care of business, and I think they're capable of doing that for sure. You were talking about Harper there, and I just wanted to get into a little bit of MVP discussion because there's been a little – a uh, bit of chatter about Austin Riley here lately, uh, entering into that conversation. Uh, Alan, I'll go to you. Kind of, who are your top MVP picks right now going into September? Do you think Riley Indoor Freeman has a chance? I don't really, and the reason is simply because of others that are in in that mix. Uh, plus, if you uh, Give Riley some votes, you're probably taking them away from Freddie Freeman and vice versa. So that's not going to help either one of them. I think right now it's still Fernando Tatis is to lose. However, the fact that the Padres are fading may help him lose that. He's going to definitely lose some votes if the Padres don't end up in the playoffs. And that's a real possibility. In fact, I think it's pretty much a lock right now, though, given that their schedule is so horrendous. But uh the guys that are likely to pick that up from him might be Max Muncie and Bryce Harper, particularly if he stays hot in September. If if uh, Harper falls off like he tends to do, a little streaky at times, then uh, I think it'll be Muncie's turn to pick up the the slack. Perhaps certainly you you look at the Dodgers and and given what they've got going right now you almost have to look to them and, and find somebody on their roster that that's a solid MVP candidate this year. So right now uh, the guys that are being most talked about are Tatis, Muncie, Harper, Freeman, and, and Riley, Joey Votto, and even Nick Castellanos. But uh, I think Cincinnati's going to suffer from the same problem that the Braves will. you got two candidates that are going to steal votes from each other. And Cincinnati may not make the playoffs. I think they will. I think they'll be the second Walker team. But uh, you, you've got uh, that going against them. So right now, my uh, one, two, three would be Tatis, Muncie, and Harper, probably in that order. And we'll have to see how September goes because we know that uh, voters can get influenced by a late rush. Yeah, and Fred, I think it's Tatis to lose. I think as long as he just stays healthy. In September, they're going to give him the award. I mean, he is a, a media darling, and not only that, he's I mean, he's having a fantastic year. Uh, I think it'd be big for the sport if he wins an MVP. But let's say he slips up, I think it could come down to who wins this NL East division. You know, whether it be the Phillies and Harper or the Braves and either Riley or Freeman. Yeah, you know, everybody keeps saying it's Tatis is to lose, and I understand that Tatis is a charismatic guy. And he's a superstar, and uh, and 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 he's played 103 games. 103 games. That ain't enough, okay? And they've moved him out of his prime position 
and put him in a place where he looks like a guy trying to learn the outfield. So his defense is deteriorated. And right now, Harper's got him by a nose on offense. Harper's got a higher OPS. He's got more uh, weighted runs created. He's got a better better weighted on base average. Uh, he's got a better weighted expected on base average. He's 5.3 war to these 5.1. The numbers all say Harper right now. Now, Harper's played 111 games, <laughs> okay? None of these guys have played a lot of games till you get down to like Juan Soto and, and Brian Reynolds and guys like that. But, uh, and Freddie Freeman, he's like two wins behind Freddie. I, as much as I love Freddie, and I do, uh, this is the MVP season for him. Uh, it's possible that the second half rush by he and, uh, him and, uh, Riley will, will put him into the hunt. But as Alan said, they're going to take votes from each other. I think, I think right now, to, if it was, if they had to vote on today, I think, I think Harper gets it today. It, I don't know that he holds out for the rest of the season, particularly if the Braves come up and, and the Phillies collapse and the Braves come up and, and Freddie and, and Riley continue to hit. Um, and, uh, I don't know whether I have to apologize to Riley, get or not, but I will. Okay. I'm sorry. Also. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, as he gets a two RBI double to take a three nothing lead. That's yeah. I think he's waiting for that <laughs> apology right now. <laughs> that's, that's my boy. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I just, right now there's no, there, I, as much as I think, I think the media says Tatis because it's the easy thing to say. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that, I think Harper's and, you know, you look at Harper, and I know the Braves fans like to dump on Harper, but he's a really good ball player, and he's carrying that team right now. There's no, Real Moto, uh, not himself, and Hoskins is gone, and and he's got him strapped on his back, and he's lugging him toward the finish line. That makes a difference. When you look at the team, you say, okay, who did they lose? They lost Hoskins, who was in the competition there for a while. Their their pitchers are injured. Uh, uh, you know, nobody else is doing, and, and here's, and Harper's carrying this team. Um, and I think that makes a difference to the end. So, you know, Muncie, eh, Muncie's a super, a, a, a star on a team of stars. And I know that their stars have been injured all season, and that's where the LA press are going to go with this. Well, you know, uh, Seeger was out, and uh, I know all that, but your rotation is Max Scherzer. Uh, Clayton and Kershaw, it was Bauer, it's Urias, it's Walker Bueller. You've got two closers at the back of the bullpen. Nobody feels sorry for you, L.A., nobody. And I, I, for me right now, it's Harper. I don't know what it will be in a wink, in a week, uh, but I, I think I think Harper's, Harper's out, got his nose in front, and he if, he if he keeps it there, he may just carry the thing away. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly have to see how that plays out again. I think it'll be – Kind of cool if it came down between Harper and either Riley or Freeman and who wins that NL East battle. I do think Harper is way out ahead of both of them, at least, you know, when you look at the metrics wise, as I, I wrote the other day. Um, uh, but again, it's that game's played. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you, do you give it to somebody who only played 130 games? I have to look and see what the fewest games that MVP has played, but. Uh, I certainly think he has, you know, the metrics, you know, the OPS, the war, everything that a lot of voters look at uh, to be the, the MVP. Uh, I think he and Tatis are definitely the front runners yeah, right now going into September. 130 games might end up being enough if he stays the, healthy the rest of the season, but I think we may end up finding out just how many voters 
vote the uh, playoff team representatives this year because it is kind of wide open, and I think that may play as much or more of a factor since, as anything else this year. Since the first of July, since the first of July, Harper's hitting three thirty five, four fifty four, six eighty one, with one hundred ninety two weighted roads created, a four sixty three weighted on base average, and three point three WAR. Second is Soto. Third is Goldschmidt. Then comes Votto. Then comes Austin Riley. Then comes A.J. Pollock. Then C.J. Cron. Then Will Smith from the Dodgers. Then Freddie Freeman. Then Avisel Garcia, Willie Ad- Ad- Adamas, Chris Bryant, Jonathan India, Dansby Swanson, Max Muncy. I still haven't there, got. I there still was a point there. Fernando Tatis. <laughs> I still haven't got to Fernando Tatis, who's number twenty-five on that list. Yeah, that's that that. If you got people who are going to look at the numbers that detailed, I think you've got a real good point. I'm not con- and the the question was who's going to win it, and I'm not sure that they're going to look at the numbers that much to 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 get into it to to figure out who really deserves it. So, yeah. Plus, it's a whole season. I mean, Tatis obviously won the first half. Is he going to yeah, win the second? If, if, yeah. if he quits playing at the halfway mark. And and the other guys pick up their team and carry them to the finish line. The Padres fall short. Why does he get it? Does he get it because he's a great player and he's, he 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 played injured and we feel sorry for him? Let's give him the award. Or to give him the award, the guy who earned it. And that's my point too. Is if if he doesn't carry him over the finish line, if they don't make the playoffs, I don't know how much that. And I want to find out how many voters uh, say, oh, they didn't make the playoffs. Next, you know, figure out who who got their team over the finish line and, and uh, deserves it for that reason. Yeah, like you talked about, I mean, Tatis hasn't been great the second half. He's been kind of banged up. And if his team falters out, I think you have to weigh that in. And on the flip side, it, Harper's been great since July in the second half of the season, and he carries his team to the NL East. I think that makes him the pretty clear favorite. Um, Riley has just been kind of consistent all year long in doing it. Freddie had the slow start or else I think he'd be very much in the discussion here. But if you're, if it comes down to Tatis and Harper and I think if people and voters look at it the way you're talking about Fred and just seeing, you know, who played better down the stretch and carried their team into the postseason, then I think Harper definitely wins it there. But then it becomes intriguing. If if Harper's team doesn't make the postseason, then I don't know what you do with it. Tatis has 168 PA since the 1st of July. That's 68th on the list of 72 qualified batters, 68th of 72, and he has 1.3 war since that, 1.3 F4 since the 1st of July. Well, all this is just conspiring together to, to do what we've been talking about. It's bringing others into the conversation. And, you know, over the first several months, it was Tatis and Tatis only. And now they're talking about everybody else. So, yeah, I think that it's a valid point. Yeah. In the American League, it's Otani, right? I mean, we just go ahead and print it up now and hand it to him because he's he's leading the league in home runs. He's leading the he, he's got a he's the best pitcher on their team. And by the way, he stole home the other night. He's carrying this his team in offense and pitching, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, but yeah. where is he carrying them? We're talking, you know, we're talking about the NL. It could come down to which player leads their team to the postseason. I don't Otani's, think they're going to care in the American. No, League. No, I, I don't. I don't think they are either. That's kind of the point I was making. It doesn't yeah. really matter in the American League because Angels aren't going anywhere. Uh, now, but yeah. the, now, the good news and the thing I want to see is I want to see a healthy 
uh, Ronald Acuna and Austin Riley and Freddie Freeman all together next year, I hope, uh, and see what they do now that uh, Riley has broken out uh, this year. Let's see him continue that. Let's see uh, Acuna come back, and let's see what this, this team can do in offense then. Yeah, that's where it becomes really sad and disappointing for me because I think Acuna is running away with this MVP race. Maybe not running away with it, but I think he probably – wins it if he stays healthy. I mean, I think he's still like top 10 in in war <laughs> at this point uh among, you know, National League players. So, uh that's where it just comes to get a little sad when we're talking about this and you know, talking about names maybe coming up and entering the NLMVP discussion. I think Acuña probably could have won it. Probably would have been a 40 home race, uh 40 home run, 30 stolen base guy again. Um so I don't know. We won't get into that because I'm going to start crying. But <laughs> sorry. Hopefully, ho- hopefully next year. I don't know why you had to bring it up, Alan. Get me all emotional here. I but, was trying to be optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> for next year at least. Hopefully next year is the chance, the, the opportunity for Acuna to win one. Um, if he can just finally stay healthy for a full season. Uh, that was a good discussion there. Didn't uh, know we'd go that long on the MVP debate, but I think it is interesting thing to watch in the NL down the stretch. And like we talked about, I think could come into play which teams, which players lead their team to the postseason. But, uh, Fred, anything that you wanted to mention or talk about before we get out of here? No, I think that's about it. I don't want to get off on too many rants here. I think, I, you know, I want fans need to relax, okay? You, you went and played the best team in baseball to a standstill, essentially. Uh, one hit, and we could have won the game. They got the hit, and they won the game twice. That's pretty good. When you, I mean, considering what we have, uh, we have three outfielders that we didn't have at the end of July, and the guy who hit the home run last night wasn't on the team two weeks ago, and you just it, – it, this team has picked itself up and and is carrying itself forward and is making waves and everybody's saying, "Look out! Here come the Braves." I understand it's going to be rough and we may not make it, but give the team a break and quick dumping on Snitker. He can only play the players he has. He can't go pull Kimberlin in and put him in the game. He doesn't have him. He plays what he's got. He does it based on the people advising him. It's not just him. He doesn't sit there and throw darts. So give him a break and give yourself a break and enjoy this team. Yeah, you only got one month left. I mean, good or bad, this could be it. So make sure you try to enjoy it. Enjoy the players that you love to watch, the team that you love to watch. Definitely uh, good thoughts there, Fred. Alan, anything you want to add? Hey, if Tony Larusa continues to misuse uh, Craig Kimbrell, you know, send him over. We can. <laughs> what a what a but, disaster that's been. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I am going to echo Fred a little bit here in that look at, look at the big picture. We lost Soroka again. We lost Acuna. We lost Ozuna one way or another. And this team is still in first place. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to hold on to it. I think we will, but you know, if not, they still got to be proud of what they did to try and weather this storm. And we, I, I'm still looking forward to not so much this year because I I don't think this is going to end up being our year, especially when what I just saw with the Dodgers. Good grief, it's an all-star team. But they've really done themselves proud, and they should be uh, uh, great and set up for next year. 
Yeah, it should be a, I mean, obviously, we just talked about enjoying the rest of this year, but should be an interesting offseason. Oh, <laughs> kind of very looking, much so. <laughs> yeah, kind of looking forward to that and see what Antopolis does, but certainly want to enjoy uh, this final month and the rest of, of this season as well. Should be a fun ending. Hopefully the Braves can hold on. Certainly, like I talked about with the schedule, I think they have the opportunity to do so. Just got to take care of business and win ball games, which is a, uh, what you want to see your team do anyway. So hopefully it is a final, uh, a good final month of the season for you. Obviously we'll be back next week and every week to wrap you uh, up on everything that's going on with the Atlanta Braves as we lead hopefully towards another postseason run. But that will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Make sure that you check out the site, tomahawktake.com, where we have articles going up daily, good content, uh, following the Atlanta Braves, everything going on there from news, opinions, all kinds of good articles going up from our staff of writers. Make sure that you follow the Tomahawk Take podcast wherever you get your podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And make sure that you follow all of us as well. That will do it for this episode, and we will talk to you next week. This September preview edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, and while Minute Media allows us to sign all the talent we can use, we've just chosen not to do so because at this point they wouldn't be playoff eligible. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Feeling Good, which was modified to fit in the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used come via rights already purchased by TomahawkTick.com. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today as we emphasize that football season really doesn't begin until baseball's done. At least that's our take. We'll see you out there for the next inning. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.